0: If you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Stitchin. Now here is your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Stitchin, and with me today is Marissa Russo.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I am doing great. Uh, this podcast will be the first one of the new year, so happy new year to everybody and happy new year to you.
1: Happy new year.
0: Uh, so uh, so you you are friends with Dee, who was the last one of 2019. Uh, how long have you known her?
1: Um, I met Dee in 2008, um, right, right about the time when um, everything in my life fell apart. And uh, I met her at Assembly of God Church in Warwick, New York, where I was living at the time.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't know she went mm-hmm. to an Assemblies Church. I, I, I grew up Assemblies and went to Valley Forge, which is an Assemblies of God College. Uh, oh,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
0: and, and worked at multiple, multiple Assemblies of God churches. So I'm uh, very familiar with that. So, um, So where are you living now?
1: I am living uh, back home where I grew up in uh New Jersey, West oh. Orange, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, I moved back home unfortunately due to my circumstances. Um, and I've been back here for about ten years now. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, yeah. so uh, yeah, so here at Amazed by God, we kind of just share stories. Uh, I think that I think that hearing other people's stories and what God's done in their lives really helps challenge and and increase our lives. So, yes. um, so I know that we were talking a little bit and, and uh, about being on the podcast and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you came highly recommended. So what has God done amazing in your life?
1: Well, let's see. about, um, 11 years ago, I was on, my life fell apart basically. And when I first met D is when my friend took me to church because I had given up all hope on God. I, I, I didn't really, I started to not believe because I was in an abusive marriage and um, I didn't really realize I was in an abusive marriage because it was verbal and emotional abuse. Um, but I was so lost and I was broken. Now, when I look back 11 years ago, I'm in awe. Of how far I've come, and I'm in awe that I made it, because honestly, I don't i I couldn't have done it without God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't be here right now without him because I just i I honestly wanted him to just take me. I didn't want to live anymore. I had nothing to live for. I didn't think I did. I was penniless. I was lost. I was broken. I was scared. I was trying to survive and I was in this house all by myself in New York that was in foreclosure status. and not a dime to my name. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really never could see past the, the next day. To me, there was no future, but here I am 11 years later. And I just published my book. I just started a wonderful job, um, in July after the company I was at for many years went bankrupt And, um, I'm not where I want to be, but I am nowhere, where I used to be.
0: And so so were you following God beforehand? Did you have a relationship with him?
1: No, I didn't. But this experience made me have a relationship with him. It took this experience to me, to make me have a relationship with him. Before that, I, I really didn't. And, um, I didn't think about it. In fact, I was so miserable one day and I was sitting in my hairdresser's chair and this is about a month before everything happened and it was, I can't believe I even said this, I was so lost and I said, you know, If there really was a God, my life wouldn't be like this right now. So I am so tired of believing. You know what? I'd rather sell my soul to the devil. And within a month, everything fell apart. And that's when my friend Adelta, I met her. She found me. And then she brought me to Assembly of God Church. And that's where I met Dee. And that's where I met all these people. And that's how I started to have a relationship with God after my life fell apart.
0: Now, what what drew you to them? You said you you met them and they became your friends. Like, you know, I, I'm always interested in what God does. Uh, you know how God draws people.
1: Well, this is kind of this is very interesting because you see all you see how everything is going to line up. And um, I had a, my hairdresser, who I had this conversation with, she was also my friend, and she had gone to Calvary Church or Calvary Temple in Wayne, New Jersey. And I was living up in New York, and she was trying to get me help. She called her pastor. Her pastor called the Assembly of God uh, Church and spoke with Pastor David at the time and said, listen, there's this woman in New York. Her husband just walked out on her. She has no money. She's, you know, kind of told some of my story. Within, Within minutes, you know, Pastor David called a Delta and a delta showed up at my front door i mean out of nowhere Mm -hmm. she was an angel and we've been friends ever since then and then i went to church and i was introduced to all these people and i felt i just felt you know loved there i didn't feel as alone because when i went home i was all alone and it, it wasn't easy this was not an easy ride at all um But he just brought these people into my life. So when I was at home, I had a Delta. I had D. When I went to work, I met another woman at work who was like my little angel at work. Who said to me, "Prayers go up, blessings come down." And then between the two, between all these forces around me, because honestly, if I if I didn't have them in my life, I don't know if you and I would really be talking.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because It was it was that bad, it was that bad. There was no future for me, and all of a sudden he was. These people were coming into my life to really help me. There were angels. I can't explain it. There was there's people I don't even talk to anymore, but they were around in that time, and they did so much for me. They helped me, and you know now they're not they're gone, but they were there when I needed them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it it was just me, am- and then people were just. I remember people were trying to tell me to, you know, to, to to keep living. There's a reason for everything. I didn't see the reason. As far as I, as I was concerned at that time, there was no reason to go on. And I was alone, and I was fighting to survive. But I didn't know how I was going to buy food. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. I had just started working at Toys R Us. Because that's where I worked for about ten years. At the time, I was only a temp, and about six months into the job, the economy went down. So I, I they didn't let me go, but they had to cut my hours, and I was bringing home three ninety five a week. But that little three ninety five a week, with God's help, it was nothing. I was ha- I, I was having it really really rough, but. It was just enough to help me keep going until I got out of that house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I moved back home with my family. Um, and then I began to really rebuild my life. But I I think about all the times that within that relationship that God really did protect me because he was becoming very violent. He was um, breaking more walls. He was verbally and emotionally and financially abusive. And I felt like I was in prison. And he was starting to tell people that I was um, taking a lot of pills. Everyone had a feeling he was trying to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. And no, everybody would have thought I did something to myself because he had that. He was, he was that, he was that dangerous. Um, and if it wasn't for God removing him from my life, I just I don't know where I'd be. He's done so much for me. There's been so many miracles over the years. Every time I needed something, I would get something. It, it would happen for me. Um, you know, it was a really, it was a hard time. I was living in a house with somebody who had me in a prison. There were many days he kicked me out of bed. I had to do chores. I was so bitter too I was bitter because I would I didn't know what was happening to me and I would look at other couples when I was on the train Mm -hmm. when I because I was commuting into the city for work and I would look at people and I'd say I didn't like them but I didn't know them I was just jealous because I would see them holding hands and they were very nice to each other and I just I just thought I, I just didn't like them I was becoming bitter and angry at the same time I, ha- I was married to a man who, if I didn't do what he wanted, he took a door off the hinges. He punched holes in walls. He threw a remote control at me and it stuck in the wall. He kicked off cabinet doors. He beat my animals in front of me. He would say to me, if you don't go to your office right now and get something for me to take and break it, I will go and take something of yours and I will break it. And I'll make sure it's something I know you really like. So here I would go into my office and I would get something for him to break and there I would there I would he would break it right in front of me this is the man that in 2003 when I met him something in my gut was talking to me don't do it don't go near him stay away from him there was something about him I didn't like but I was 29 at the time and my friends were all getting married And I thought that I had to get married, too, because I didn't want to be alone. You know, I wanted the fairy tale. I wanted the whole thing. I wanted the fairy tale. I wanted the marriage, the kids, the house with the fence and everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, the typical thing. So this was what I wanted. And I was always a little insecure. So I ignored the signs and I kept on going. I ignored everything. It was almost like. God talking to me saying don't stay away and i am saying, no I've got this because I can change him I can help him I'll be the savior of him I can do it all but I don't have that power but I didn't know that back then because nobody has the power to change anyone unless they really want to change
2: mm-hmm.
1: and because of that I found myself with losing not only my house my finances, everything was dried up because he took everything from me. But I lost myself. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't I didn't know who I was before and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was going crazy. This man had me put in a mental health ward several times, telling people I was suicidal, but I didn't have a voice to speak up and say I'm not suicidal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was living day. After day, 24 hours a day walking on eggshells, I didn't know what I was going to do to set him off. I just, I was so afraid. I was so scared. And it was, it was a living hell. It was, it was scary. I, but I didn't know what was wrong. And I, next thing you know, I mean, I was a girl who always got dressed up and put makeup on and, you know, jewelry now I'm turning into this girl, I'm wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts, and I'm starting to gain weight and no makeup. And I was a shell. I was a complete shell on myself. But and, and I just and I thought to myself, I could still change him, I could still change him. And I wasn't gonna change him. Hmm. And I've been through my heart was broken badly, my trust was betrayed. I I put my life into somebody else's hands, all my hopes and my dreams, which you can't do because only God can take care of your, your life. So you just can't put your life, you know, you can't put your dreams into some on human's hands cause they'll break them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was not an easy road, but if God wasn't there for this journey, I would never be here because I've come so far.
0: He gave you the strength to keep going.
1: He did. He really did. I had five I had five dogs and a cat and a bird and bunny in this house. And I if it, I used to look at them and I used to say if you know if you guys if they weren't there I wouldn't be here because there would be no reason to live. Mhm there would be no reason but I kept on going and trust me you know how hard it was to get up out of bed because when he left me on July 3rd 2008 he had me committed into a mental health ward that was the night of all nights because he said he was gonna leave me and I said you can't leave me and I was crying I was begging him not to leave me crying my eyes out he pushed me and my knees pushed me when he was leaving and my knees went into this piece of wood and the nails were sticking up outside because i had been building a bunny hutch and my knee was bleeding neighbors must have heard cops were called to be honest that whole night was a blur to me the only thing i know is i'm at saint anthony's hospital and they have me locked in a room telling me they're taking me to a mental health ward the next day because i'm suicidal and I thought, why am I suicidal? I just want to go home. I was so scared of my animals. I didn't want him leaving me. I can't tell you what I was thinking about. So here I am in this mental health board on July 4th. Fireworks. I see them, you know, in the windows with these bars on them. And somebody said to me, if you want to get out of here, you have to act like you're not depressed. And I said, okay so i tried to put on this face that i was happy and i was released on monday july 7th and i had just started toys r us on july 1st so i missed a day of work already and i come home and the house was empty he took all his stuff and here i am and that was day one of my new life Mm -hmm. that was day one and i can still in my mind, I could still go back to that day. I could still see and feel what I what I felt and what I saw. And I was so scared. I just didn't know what I was going to do. And that was when I had to keep going. And it was so hard every day. I just wanted to give up. But I kept on going.
0: Mm-hmm. And so um, you, you met God there at the rock bottom, so to speak.
1: Yes. Yes. Right there. That's when I met him. That's when I met him. I often think of my life that he had to, like, like a hurricane or a tornado. He had to take everything apart and rebuild from there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he had to lay the foundation again and and start building me up from there because at that point it was there was it was it was all ashes. Yeah, I was in the rubble. I was in a, it was in a predicament that. If I did not follow him, I would not be here. I mean, he really saved me in so many ways. Um, even when I went against him and did what I wanted to do and ignored the voice, ignored ignored his uh, pull, you know, and I ignored it. I did it. But he still came after me. You know,
0: God will chase us no matter where we go. I mean, that's, that's the amazing thing about him, you know, and he's always the one step right behind us, you know? Yes. So Yes,
1: he is. He, you know, I was ashamed of what I did too. I was ashamed of myself, but he was right there. And I mean, every time I cried, I, I cried so many tears and, you know, I, I, I listened to a lot of Joel Osteen and, um, when Joel Osteen talks about how um, he will, you know, wipe it, he will, he collects your tears. Mm -hmm. Well, I've cried many tears. And there are, there are days even now where I have, I like to call it my little, my talk with God. And sometimes because I'm his child, I'm like a child, I'm his child and I will release myself with tears and I cry. But I sit there and I still do remind him of his promises to me. That he will restore everything the enemy has stolen from me. That he will give me beauty for ashes. That I will lend and I will not borrow. What I went through has shaped me also because I feel like I have more empathy now. Um, The woman who thought I had it all, now I was the one standing online at food pantries. Mm -hmm. I was going to social services. I was trying to fight to stay alive so i don't never anymore i don't feel like i'm better than anyone ever anymore in that regard to material things and everything
2: yeah
1: i learned in my experience material things mean nothing i learned in my my experience that i can't change anybody you know i right now my ex-husband that's god's problem let him let him handle him i never sought revenge because what my friend um actually it was d and it was a delta who said to me vengeance belongs to the lord so i left that with him
2: mm-hmm.
1: i never sought out to get revenge at any type at all i just you know i stopped and i didn't do anything i just kept on moving um in fact my my ex husband's second ex wife, who tortured me as well from afar, recently, about a year and a half ago, found me on Facebook and came to me begging me for forgiveness. And I cannot tell you how hard that was because at one point, I I, I used to think if she comes to me for forgiveness one day, I'm going to tell her I don't you know, but that didn't happen. I ex I forgave her, mm-hmm. and it felt like a huge weight lifted off of
0: me. Yeah. A lot of people don't think that forgiveness is a big thing and we've been forgiven so much from God that, you know, we, sometimes you know, that, yeah. that self comes up inside of us and, and doesn't, doesn't like the idea of forgiving. But, you know, when you put it into to perspective of, of what God's done for us, it's, it's, it's a oh, hard yeah. thing. Let me, let me ask you a question. Um, mm-hmm. What would you what kind of advice would you give to somebody that may hear this and say, hey, I'm kind of in that same situation?
1: Okay. well, my advice would be if you're in the situation right now, I would I would try and get out if you can. And I know it's hard. Trust me. I know it's hard because as thinking about myself, when people were trying to tell me to leave him, to get away. I didn't want to do it. And it's very hard because sometimes when you tell people in this situation to go, to leave, to just walk out on them, you actually can end up losing that person too. Because I remember with me when people said, you know, he's abusing you. Don't you see? Leave him. Walk away. I would say, no, I'm not a good wife. I have to change. And I would say, you know, you don't know him. You you just don't know him. You don't like him. Get away from me. And I used to kind of just take people away, you know, I have to not bother with them anymore. But looking back now, if you see the signs, whatever you see that you're not being paranoid, that is your gut talking to you. That is God talking to you. You're not being paranoid at all. And you cannot change this person though. You think you will. You cannot because The way they work, they brainwash you. And then pretty soon, you're going to find yourself in a position where you don't even know yourself. You don't even know how how you're going to live. And you're just so lost. And I was lucky. God removed him from me. But some other women are not lucky. Some women don't come out of that at all. Some of them, you know, when they finally try to leave, they don't make it. Um, or sometimes they're so broken down that they actually take their own lives. And that's how I felt, to be honest. Um, but there is help out there. There are a lot of organizations. There's, there's so many, um, and it's not an easy process. I'm not going to say you're going to do it overnight, but just never feel like you're crazy. You're not crazy. What's happening to you. You're not crazy what's happening to you is that person is sick and you, and you just have to remember that they're not refer, They're When they call you incompetent, when they call you stupid, when they call you all these kinds of names, they're calling themselves that name. That's what they're doing. They're reflecting on themselves. It's not you. When they tell you that you, you know, they blame you for their unhappiness. They blame you for everything in life. It's not you. Mm-hmm. It's them. And just try. I. I it's It's so hard because I, I can actually, I know what it's like. I know what it's like when people try to tell you to leave. It's not easy.
2: Yeah. And I,
0: oh, go yeah.
1: ahead. No, no, it's, it's not easy. It's so hard to do it.
0: So you said earlier you you wrote a book uh, what what's what's the title and? what's that about?
1: It's called "When the Fairy Tale Ends, and it's a memoir. It's a detailed account of what I experienced. and the reason I called it when the fairy tale ends is because I was I always dreamed about the fairy tale wedding, the dress, the reception, the tiara, the whole thing. But you see, I was looking for the fairy tale, but I ended up in a nightmare. So my fairy tale ended the day after I got married. And this is just, this is, this is a book. It has pictures in it because when people hear of abuse, people think of domestic violence as just someone getting hit and beaten up, but that's not always the case. Sometimes the abuser, what they do is they, (laughs) Unfortunately, sometimes it's the worst kind of abuse. They beat you down mentally, emotionally, and they don't always hit. They don't won't always hit you. What they do is they threaten you. So they break walls. They take doors off hinges. They beat your animals. They take personal property of yours. They do things to show you like, hey, you don't listen to me. This is what happens. And one day this could be you. So before I left my house, something inside of me said, "Take pictures of all of this." I did. What I didn't know was that was going to be part of my book.
0: Mm. And what was the name again? And where can we find it?
1: Um, it's called When the Fairy Tale Ends, and it's on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Books a Million. And it's there's going to be an e-book, which my publisher, Christian Faith Publishing. Um, they're making up a website right now and also making the book into an ebook and that should be released, I think in January. Oh,
0: awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. well, if you check the show notes, uh, we will definitely link to the Amazon page on the show notes if you're interested in that. So I thank you so much for sharing. Um, You're welcome. Here at Amazed by God, we kind of like to get to know you a little bit better. So is there any Bible verse, story, character uh, that you'd like to share that, you know, real quick that has touched you in your life?
1: Job. Story of Job. that, um, And when everything came against him and he lost everything, um, he kept on, you know, praising God and kept on believing in God. And God gave back double. For everything he lost. And I remember my friend Nadine always told me the story about Job every time because I, I was losing this, losing that, losing. And then she told me the story about Job. And that's what always kept me going as well because mm. because he got doubled back for his trouble.
0: Gotcha, And, and he
1: stayed faithful.
0: And then we like to know a little bit about uh, music because music moves the soul in ways that other things can. Is, is there any song that has helped you out along the way?
1: Yes. Okay, Danny Goki. I don't. You, do you hear? Do you ever uh, hear his music before?
0: Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I can't pinpoint it in my mind.
1: Okay, Danny Goki. He was actually an American Idol. Um, he was on American Idol years ago. But um, he, ha- you know, he shared his testimony about right before that audition, he lost his wife. Um, and oh, sings- yeah,
0: I think I do remember him now.
1: Yes, he has. Um, there were a few songs that really touch me. Um, Tell Your heart beat Again, because, you know, it kind of reminded me of when I was in a dark place. And I just didn't want to go on anymore. And it's almost like God was telling me to to just have, you know, your heart's going to beat. You're going to go on. You're going to live. And that's so that song really touched me. And then he has another song called Masterpiece. And then just recently he came out with Just Haven't Seen It Yet, basically talking about how sometimes we all feel that we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and we we cry to God and we ask and we don't see things yet. And we're ready to give up and say, it's not going to happen, but we just haven't seen it yet because it's in his timing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm one of those who sits there sometimes and says, God, why? But then I have to remember who I am and who God is and it'll happen in his time
0: absolutely um well thank you so much for sharing and uh i i know there's a lot of people that are that is in that situation that needs to hear this so uh that's a powerful testimony that you know god can bring you from from the midst of something that looks completely uh 100% um n- you know uh, non-escapable, I guess is the, for the sake of yeah. a better term. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Um, oh, you're
1: welcome. Uh,
0: we appreciate having you here and, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that your testimony is, is going to do some, some good things.
1: Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Uh,
0: so for amazed by God brought to you by through God's library. Uh, this is your host, Mark Sitchin, and we will see you next Monday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.